0: We're doing this shit. Ready?
1: Alright, I can swallow again. That's good news for you, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Whatever episode number
0: 41. And we have so many things to talk about. Uh, we've got a DC uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition trailer. Marvel has uh, some Johnny Blaze, uh, you know, good old fashioned uh, biker on fire rumors. We've got Star Wars stuff.
1: That's, that's yeah, that's constant. <laughs> You're close though. Yeah, <laughs> DC, Marvel, whatever. They're pretty much the same. They're yeah, all they from New York. Whatever. Lobo, other bikers on on fire. We've got some Star Trek, st- 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 no, no, no.
0: Star Trek stuff to talk about. Holy crap! We have so many comics this week. We have so much
1: comic news um, to talk about this week. I'm gonna preface this with uh, we also made beer, like right did. now, literally right now, and we've been drinking the entire time. Um, so this isn't gonna be the smoothest episode you've ever heard, but it's probably gonna be really fucking fun. And, and this have, time it's actually due to Matt instead of me. Yeah, I'm fucked up. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we do we do have a whatever IPA in the making. Uh, we're We'll figure that was wrong. So We're calling the it the whatever IPA. The Wipa. the Wipa. It's the wiper. It's the the
0: wiper. Yeah. All right. What's up? Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition
1: trailer. Uh, uh, so here's the deal, man. I, I saw the movie, and I liked it. And then as time went by, we're like, there were so many things that were kind of not right. Yeah, and then like I saw Barbara Gordon in the trailer, the new trailer for the Ultimate Edition for like half a second, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to see this movie!"
0: Yeah, me so, too. You know, so I saw I saw the movie as well. We we you know we did a podcast episode. We did if you watch ever it at the to same time. We yeah,
2: kind of all watched it together. Yeah, and yeah, it
0: happened. We did we did do that whole show. So we definitely saw the movie, and we definitely Go enjoyed it at the time. To it. But, so the thing is, is that it didn't exactly grow on me, but yeah, same thing. I saw Barbara
1: Gordon and I was like,
2: <gasps>
0: I need
1: to see it again. Here's the thing, man. Like, I, I get that no matter what happens, the overall theme of the movie isn't going to change.
0: No, it's not. Um, I just, I'd, I I want to see it again, though.
1: Like, that's just one of those things. Like, this movie, we, like, I, I think I speak for all of us. Like, we only saw it once in theaters, right? Yep. Yep. Um. And I think it kind of deserves a second viewing just because of all the bullshit. Like, we saw it opening night before, like, okay, there was a lot of critic reviews that were in, but, like, as far as actual consumers that were able to go see the movie, we saw it day one. And none of us hated it right out the gate. There's some things that are wrong with it, but at the same time, like, I think it deserves a second viewing before we really fucking, like, hammer down the gavel and say, this is shit, or, okay, it's passable.
2: Yeah, no, as I recall, we we kind of all gave it about 4 out of 5 stars. When we it did. Came out. We did. Um it, it and again, it's one of those things that like like the Green
1: Lantern movie, like I I saw it in theaters initially in 3D and I was like, "Well, that was cool looking." <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't hate the movie right away. Right. Um and I didn't hate this one right away either. And I don't think I'm going to hate it. It's just one of those things where like, yeah, there's some there's some pieces of it that are out of whack. And there's uh there's some things that are that that Okay, there's some things that got really right with it, and there's some things that got really wrong with it. And Jesse Eisenberg, I'm sorry, because you're my bro, but you, you shouldn't have been in this movie. No, uh, I agree. So the thing for me with Batman vs Superman and the whole Dawn
0: of Justice trailer, the Ultimate Edition and all that stuff, is that I really hope that when we get through the director's cut of this movie, we get a really good movie uh I'm not entirely convinced we're going to because the fact of the matter is that there's just way too much shit going on in this movie and it's not done well enough like maybe maybe there's a whole bunch of scenes left on the cutting room floor that's going to make it better but I have a feeling that you know we're adding a whole other character with this uh um trailer and that doesn't give me high hopes about you know making a coherent film
1: yeah my thing with it is Zack Snyder is like he he's got the chops to direct movies that he wants to make um Watchman was super good. It got like a lot sucker of sucker punch. Fuck sucker punch, but like <laughs> yeah. it got
0: even Zack Snyder's like
1: fuck fuck, fuck sucker punch. <laughs> but that was his punch. baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. But like okay, so three hundred out of the park, right? Amazing, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Watchmen. I think Eddie and I at least agree that movie See, was was banging. Here is the thing oh, about
0: Snyder not. and 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 he movies in general top, really. is that yeah. yeah when when snyder is adapting a work like that like he's basically just taking the comic as a storyboard he doesn't he does an amazing job the thing is outside of that when he has to do his own film not so good but, but that's sucker the punch batman versus superman like those are quintessential examples of you know Zack snyder not being able to do something that's not a
1: direct adaptation that's the thing though is like bvs had storyboards and some of it was very evident that he followed him, like especially the stuff that came out of Dark Knight Returns. Like that stuff was, oh yeah, but hands hands down. Like some of that stuff was my favorite parts of the movie. It was the getting to that part and the what happens after that part. Like, like, okay. I'm still thinking if
0: Zack had a guy who was in charge of the story, we'd got a we would have gotten a
1: lot better movie. I I just. The part of it that really bugs me is the, wait a minute, what did you say? Why did you say that name? Yeah.
0: Your mother's name is Martha? Well, I guess I don't have to kill you
1: then. Let's go wreak havoc. You yeah. Know? Like, ah. Yeah,
0: that was kind of weak. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, th- there's a lot of weak parts in that movie, though. Like, not only the whole Martha thing. Like, okay, maybe that's a decent storytelling trope if it was done correctly, which I don't think it necessarily no, was.
1: That one wasn't. That was. Uh, that was. That was like, there might have well had, might might as well have been a spoon, but in front of the camera. Here's the thing: part.
0: when it concerns Batman versus Superman and watching this whole movie, and now that I have the. Uh, um, retroactive lens of seeing it through the eyes of rebirth it's just not a good movie like now that i can see rebirth and see what they did with that it's, movie in it's general storytelling man like the thing is like superman uh i think the new 52 got superman just a little bit wrong as did a lot of people yeah and i think that batman versus superman got superman just a actually really a lot wrong and uh, now that I can see Rebirth and what they're doing with the character there, it just r- really highlights the flaws with uh, Batman versus Superman well, and the characterization in the DCCU so
1: far. I don't even hate the Cavill Superman nearly as much. And, in fact, my wife was even like, okay, so after BVS, I respect the new Superman a little bit more. And I, I I get that. Like, It's not even that they got the character necessarily wrong. It's just that the storytelling aspect of it wasn't... At the level that I think should be there for a comic book movie, because comic books are, when it when you break it down, just stories. Well, yeah, they're a visual medium, and and a written medium combined into one to to tell a story. And this movie just didn't tell a cohesive story.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, by far the biggest flaw in this movie is that
1: storytelling is, like, completely an afterthought. So, like, and, and, and people can shit on the new Superman, like, and I do too, because I don't think it's the Superman that... It's the Superman we deserve, but not the Superman we want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and it's it's alright. Like, the the essence of the character is mostly there, but there are pieces of it that are missing from, like, the past. And that's the problem with these with these dcu movies is they're they're going for a darker overall tone and the thing about dc is aside from batman like the the overall tone of dc comics has always kind of been a little bit brighter and more upbeat and it's not going to feel like a dc movie until we get something that's a little bit bright and and yeah. a beacon of hope yeah. if you will
0: and as long as you don't go full retard like the Green Lantern movie, you'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about The Flash. Uh, the Flash movie that. finds a new director with the dope filmmaker, as in the film Dope. Uh, that's, got, that's the guy that's going to be directing The Flash. I haven't seen Dope. Have you? Nope. This is probably going to be a I, short topic to talk about. I
2: heard it was pretty dope, but that's all I got on it.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, that's so amazing. So we can move on now? <laughs> so
0: that's uh, Rick. God damn it. I'm not going to be Pronounce his name.
2: Grimes. Spell it.
0: Spell it's it.
1: F a m u y i w a.
2: Fam. Jesus Christ, we're fired. Famulia. Okay. He's. Some- needless f-A-M-U-L-E-A. to say, he's, yeah.
1: he's Nigerian. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Here's ahead and the say only. That. Here's the only piece that I can uh, put out Does there. Does
2: he need any assistance getting his million dollar fortune out of Nigeria?
0: <laughs> it's only going to cost you six hundred dollars for and him to get three million dollars. Yeah. Oh. Oh.
2: Okay. Makes sense.
0: The only positive piece I have to add to this friend. is that we're getting a real filmmaker to tell the flash story. Yeah, like, he, the, like whatever you think about the guy, as I understand it, dope is a solid film. That's here's dope. the
1: thing, man. Like I, I've heard the same thing. I again to reiterate Bryce's words, dope. Shit's dope. <laughs> From what I've heard, it's dope. Shit but. is dope. Yeah. Um, here's, he's gonna drive that here's, pun. Here's what right else is dope though, and that's Ezra Miller. But I mean, dope, and and like he's high. He's high as fuck. And I don't mm-hmm. understand. Yep. how this is going to translate into a Barry Allen that we can empathize with.
0: We'll see, but, I mean, so far, everything we've seen so far, which is, that, in, admittedly, a tiny, tiny, tiny little fraction of what could be, does not strike me as Barry Allen isn't whatsoever. Isn't
1: DC, like, in your head, though, like, DC Comics, like, isn't it empathy? Like, isn't that kind of what rings true to a DC story?
0: Um, For the actually, most part. Actually, you know what? No, I think that's more Marvel for me. Like, I get
1: a lot more empathy for
0: Marvel superheroes because I can picture them being a lot more um, realistic. And that's kind of where I think they go a little bit wrong with this Flash, is that um, the Flash is practically a god. Like, when you stop and think about what the Flash can do, he's practically a god in the way that Superman is practically a god. And so, seeing Ezra Miller as the Flash, you know... I'd I don't want to make any judgments. I've been wrong about this shit before, but so far, especially given that uh, Batman versus Superman kind of fell on its face, I'm not super excited for this movie. Even though I really should be because, goddamn,
1: I'm like the exact target audience for it. That's the thing to me, man, is like Barry Allen is like second to Superman as far as being like the positive go-getter of the DCU. Oh, yeah, for sure. And... Ezra Miller is uh, a fucking junkie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean,
0: maybe he's not, but from that that one press interview, like, oh man, does from, that not leave from a from taste? That press in your mouth? interview,
1: and from a couple other things that I've actually seen him, and like, he was in Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah, hmm. and like, he just kind of seems like like that burnout character, like. I don't Barry know. Allen's not a burnout. Barry Allen is is the opposite of a burnout. We'll we'll see so. because
0: the thing about this character to me is that Ezra Allen again Ezra superficial. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller. I'm the drunk one, dude. Well, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. <laughs> um, Ezra Miller. It just doesn't strike me as Barry Allen. Like I guess this is a little bit true with Grant Gustin too. Like Grant Gustin, I I grew into a little bit because he's very different from his comic book counterpart, at least in physical appearance. But I I think the thing about Bear, uh, Grant Gustin's Flash is that he feels like uh, Barry Allen's character to me. Like he does not. Uh, once you get past the superficial uh, uh, sort of nature of you know this, how he looks compared to the comic book, this is where that's I'm going to side with Ezra Tom Miller's Kavanaugh, Yeah, like
1: Grant Gustin. Actor. Yeah. Like he will act.
0: Yeah. Like
1: as the character that you want him to be. So acting. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I don't want to shoot all over Ezra Miller quite yet. No, because, I don't either, because I haven't
1: seen the movie. Yeah. But
2: it's your birthday. What Would you like some cake? <laughs> what, then what, why we, don't you,
1: you? order one? <laughs> Sorry. What
0: we've seen so far is <laughs> not giving me a whole lot of hope
1: and now let's talk about supergirl and and you've just witnessed the first dose of me and bryce being drunk yeah i'm sorry being upset with us no not upset
0: (laughs) we've we've got to do this for like another two hours if i was upset already i'd probably just jam that fork in my neck i believe you anyway uh let's talk about supergirl um yeah who's gonna be in supergirl this season i don't know do we want spoilers uh, I think we should, because we spoiled the fuck out of everything else. Yeah. Hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah, let's do spoilers. Superman is being cast for
1: Supergirl Season Here's 2. Here's the thing. The thought of Superman being in this doesn't necessarily give me a boner. But the thought that if they if they, if they, they just were like, Hey, Tom Welling, do you want to be Superman and Supergirl? I said the like, same thing. I'm all of a sudden at fucking 12 o'clock. Like, <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> Um, okay, I'm a little to the left, so maybe it's 11, but you know what yeah. I mean.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're standing at attention, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I don't know how they're going to do this well. First off, as much as I want it, as much as I think that it needs to be, I don't think they're going to cast Tom Welling. And I don't think they're they're going to cast anybody would expect. Like, I thought, you know, for a brief second, like with all the mar- multiverse shenanigans they're going to pull right now, they could even cast Brandon fucking Ruth as Superman.
1: They won't. They're not going to because they still have a show with him in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, Wait, they do. I thought yeah. they. What's the Legends Legends tomorrow. tomorrow. He, he plays. Uh, he plays the Atom. Yeah, oh. he actually started he's, out on he's Arrow. Dr. Ray Palmer. Interesting. And he's
0: badass at it. So yeah, nice. But anyway, this is a big sign to me that a um, DC is taking its television properties a little bit seriously because I didn't think we'd ever see Superman on the TV. The
1: CW is taking the DC's properties. Seriously, anyway.
0: yeah, I mean for sure, but you know they get some final sign off or something like that that says no, you absolutely like. There is a reason we haven't seen Batman on TV since like ninety three or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stupid reasons for sure, but um I am looking super forward to this because they could do a lot of cool things. I don't th- first off, I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot more of a um, appearance than a cameo. I I would
1: disagree. I mean, and and here that's this fair. Is, this but this is this is why I would disagree. Um, the show's expensive to make, which is why it's gotten kicked from CBS to CW. Yeah, uh, because for the amount of money they spent per episode, they weren't getting the ratings they wanted. Um, CW is going to do everything they can to try and make this the flagship show because it is essentially Superman. Like that's Superman is is the flagship DC property. So they're gonna try and make the Supergirl show kind of fill that that role. Um, as far as casting Superman, they're gonna cast somebody they can bring back periodically. That's why my my immediate thought goes to Tom Welling because let's face it, he's not doing a ton by choice, obviously. Because I mean, the dude made a ton of money doing Smallville, and he was the like be all end all executive producer for the tenth season. Like he answered to no one other than than CW at that point. Um. And I think they could make it work with him, especially with where we ended the season of The Flash. Like, they could do whatever they want to, bring Tom Welling and be like, well, it's because of Flashpoint. That's why we have Tom Welling.
0: I don't disagree. You know what I mean? at all?
1: Like, I'd really, really love to see that that is the case. Like, if it were Tom Welling as Superman, I'd be so, so excited. If um, I'm the network exec at CW, that's what I'm pushing for because that's going to make me money. See, I
0: just, I, I take the pessimism. And it's going to make the fans happy. I take the pessimistic side and think that they're not going to do so, something like that. That'll make the fans that happy,
2: but no, I'm betting they'll bring an unknown in. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like I get it,
1: but like, that's not where I'm at. Like if I'm in the hot seat and I'm, I'm making yeah. the, if I'm making the call, I'm calling that dude first. Maybe he doesn't want to do it, but like we already know that he's gone on record as saying, Yeah, if they if they fucking ask me, sure. So you
2: know? is, is well is so D not doing the same thing Marvel's doing as far as considering the television shows and movies to be in the same universe. They're not. No. Nope. Okay. And and actually Marvel's backed off
1: from that a little bit and we'll talk okay. about that a little bit later, but
2: Gotcha.
1: Uh but yeah, D C has specifically said we're gonna keep the cinematic universe and the television universe separate. Separate. So
2: Well, let's hope Let's hope the cinematic universe gets better. I mean, I mean,
1: based on the on the on the viewership of BVS, I mean, maybe we'll we will get Henry Cavill in the TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In our last piece of DC news,
0: uh, this one near and dear to my heart, The Killing Joke, all of us coming to a theater near you.
1: No, Um, probably not near you, but at least within like seventy-five to one hundred miles of you.
0: Yeah. So. Anyway, this is huge for me. So, The Killing Joke, um, which is, of course, a DC animated property, is, uh, reprising the you know one of the most uh, popular Batman stories, one of the best Batman stories, um, starring Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman, yeah. is going to get a theater opening, which, even if it's small, I'm super happy to see. Dude, I'm
1: going to be there. It's... I, I put this I put this if, if one theater in Portland shows it, Eddie and I I'm are going to carpool up there, and, there yeah. and go. No question. you'll watch it with me. Yeah. I, I already Sam st- will have to drive about 200 miles, but he'll He's fine. maybe be will do it.
0: I already started googling this and unfortunately I can't find out if it's going to show near us, but as soon as I can, which is like
1: late June. Uh yeah, if it's coming anywhere in Oregon, I am so there. I'm going to say it's going to be the Lloyd Center Regal if any if anybody has it up there, it'll be that one. Solid. Yeah, I, solid. There's,
2: I I think if there's a few indie theaters that might carry something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood, I don't know. Hollywood I don't know if indies are gonna want to actually pay for it. You think it's gonna cost a lot to to? Show yeah, because it's it's Warner Brothers. I mean, it's yeah. it's not gonna be like it's not gonna it's not an indie film. Yeah. So well, I mean the same the the same like there's an indie theater that did uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie and shit like that. Hateful Eight. But that's because he I know. lost the light.
1: I know it was because it was, so. it was
2: it was because it's the theater that actually has the right projector to show the yeah movie, exactly the, the if they've got a, a fucking eighty millimeter or seventy millimeter or whatever yeah. it is like they'll do it but mm-hmm. um uh, dude
1: and and this is just coming off the heels of me listening to a lot of interviews with like Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill uh and and uh, uh Bruce Tim like this movie has been asked for for a long time mm-hmm. not only by fans but like from those three specifically like those three have always been like like yeah if they want to do it like we're there let's do it so
2: well it's one of the more iconic stories ever it is it really. is totally
1: yeah. um <clears throat> it it's a story that um like there there's a hardbound edition of it right there like yeah you know what I mean? I, I
0: just, I'm actually kind of surprised that it hasn't been ad, adapted at this point. And maybe it is already going to be adapted as a, um, you know, feature length regular film, but, you know, whatever. The point being, just open it somewhere in Oregon, please. I will go. You've yeah. got my $10 and my, you know, six and, hours and of travel however
1: time. However much gas it costs us to get there. <laughs> yeah.
0: All uh, right. So we've only got one piece of Marvel news this week, and that is a question. Is there a new Johnny Blaze on the horizon?
1: For those of you listening at home, if you don't know who Johnny Blaze is, that is Ghost Rider.
0: Yep. And in talks to be Ghost Rider, and when we say talks, we mostly mean there's it's some It's not rumors. even talks.
1: It's like he, he came right out and said, like, you know what? If they asked me to do it, I would totally do it. And that is Norman Reedus.
0: Yep. So Norman Reedus, if you're not Fuck. familiar with the name, is uh, Daryl on The Walking Dead. And yeah, I'm on board for this. And this what cool. character
2: was he in Boondock Saints?
1: I don't know.
2: One of the brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever the fuck his name was.
1: I'm drunk and I don't yeah, really yeah. have his name right off the bat. But, but this is, it's, this like, is... it's like Flannerty or a Flaherty or something. A Flaherty, <laughs> Flaherty. <laughs> This is this is Some super disappointing because I was I was yeah. still
2: holding out for Nick Cage to reprise. Did you see *Spirit of Vengeance*? You no. See? Then and you're not holding Br- out Bryce, for him to reprise. Bryce
0: being <laughs> the only person holding out for him to reprise.
1: Here's the thing about acting: acting is a series of choices, and, and the choices. <laughs> Sometimes that Nick choices Cage made are wrong. <laughs> in *In Spirit of Vengeance*, are not right. So yeah. <laughs> Not that they're wrong. But he, uh, honestly, no, they're wrong. Honestly, his performance in the in the first Ghost Rider movie, like, I would give it to him. Like, he, I liked it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it wasn't amazing,
0: but this is kind of like a funny story in general to me. Like, who should we get to play Ghost Rider? I don't know, Nicolas Cage. Like,
1: that okay? was like in 1998 when they were like, who should we get to play Superman? They're like, I don't know, Nicolas Cage. Okay. And then like, Tim Burton was going to direct, and it was based on a script that was almost written by Kevin Smith, but then rewritten by like eight other guys. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this.
0: Yeah. It turns out this is all garbage. Um, turns we out we do can't this. put
1: Nick Cage as Superman in a movie featuring a giant spider as the villain. <laughs> Interesting. We're going to
2: wait for Will Smith on that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but guys, no, we're not
0: even joking. That's exactly what happened. The yeah. guy who was going to make the Superman movie wanted a giant spider as the villain, and he never got to make the Superman movie. But as he as did said, make Wild Wild West. He did make Wild Wild West, and we did get a giant fucking spider villain. And I think that's They're all the that needs to be said about that. The animal
2: that. kingdom and the insect kingdom. Yeah. So let's talk <laughs> Parasite, about thank you.
0: Star Wars. Well, hold sort of. On, hold on.
1: Okay, we're gonna go back. We're gonna round table this a little okay. bit. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Bryce Norman Reedus. Yeah. Ghost Rider, yay nay. You don't watch Walking Dead.
2: The, I don't watch Walking Dead, but yeah, fuck it. I've watched Boondock Saints at least five times. Have you
1: watched the sequel more than once?
2: Uh, no. It's I okay. It Nobody else has either. I, wa- I watched a rip copy once, and it was it was a terrible rip copy. Here's and... here's
1: the here's my problem with the sequel, and not to not to segue too far into Boondock Saints, um, but that chick that they got to to kind of take the the um, the Willem Dafoe portion of it. Yeah was a little too Willem Dafoe. You know what I mean? Like, oh God. Like, it's a little too obvious. It I was it now. was kind of
0: bad. I'm not sure I want to be a woman being compared to Willem Dafoe. Anyway, well, well Willem Dafoe is like kind of... Yeah.
2: In that movie. It was... It was...
1: Um, so, Daryl Dixon, Ghost
0: Rider, yay yeah or nay? Yeah, I mean, isn't he already playing that character on The Walking Dead, just sans
1: fire and chains? Well, here's the deal, man. Like... This is a character I think Norman Reedus can really get behind because he's a biker anyway. Like AMC is already launching a show called Ride with Norman Reedus. Okay, so is he a biker? Is that a thing that's come about
0: from this whole? I think he's always ridden bikes. Okay,
1: that's fair. And this is this is just kind of one of those things where he got to do it on walking dead and now like they're like hey do you want to do you want to get paid to ride bikes yeah like i'm
0: not passing judgment i'm i'm legitimately asking is this a thing or is this a thing that's come about because of a character on the walking dead because both are equally
1: likely i don't know i'll I'll ask him next time i talk to him though
0: oh yeah obviously
1: you would probably get him on here right yeah yeah sure we we, we pull talent
0: like that all the time as soon
2: as we have time like we'll we'll your people talk to his people. So I'm, we we're going to totally have Norman on
0: this show, but we've got so much to talk about. He got bumped to next week. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but I'm I'm for it. I like yeah for sure for, for a shoot. Like I'm 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 behind it if he wants to do it. And but do we want to see it as a movie or a series? Because I'm voting for Netflix original series Ghost Rider starring. Oh, that would Raiders. be much better. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, no question. Yes, please do it as a uh, as a series, not a movie. Also, there's talks much. Blade. Maybe. much much fantastically much prefer uh series superhero shows prefer, uh over movies
1: there's there's scuttlebutt that we may get a blade series as well that'll yeah. probably go straight Ooh. to netflix i like it wesley snipe said he's waiting for him to call him i don't think they're gonna call and him that's that's legit yeah, like no, that's not right. me joking around because i'm drunk like that's that's he said that in a couple <laughs> different interviews that it's the balls in marvel's court did he do um, those interviews from prison? <laughs> no, he's yeah, done. Yeah. He's done. He's done his prison. He did stint. his time. He, he paid out. his debts to society. Willie Mays Hayes is back. Oh, excellent! Bro. Excellent.
2: Anyway, all right. Let's talk Star Wars.
0: John Boyega is, this is joining really Star Wars.
2: But I get well, going this
0: with it. this is tangential. Uh, John Boyega, <laughs> uh, Finn from uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, is going to be joining the cast of Pacific Rim uh, Part Two. So I got a lot of shit call for this? this.
1: I got a little shit for my feelings on this because my buddy. Um, that lives in New York, upstate, not the city, texted me and he's like, dude, they just cast John Boyega in Pacific Rim 2. And I was like, awesome. The dude's, he's a good actor. And he's of the opinion that they're casting too many people in, like, genre people in the same movies and whatnot. Um, And I agree, like, that's happening because obviously, um, Bryce's buddy uh, from Farmer's is going to be Commissioner Gordon, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, that motherfucker. Um, oh yeah, he he's going to be uh he's going to be Commissioner Gordon, but he was already uh, the fucking Perry White, not Perry White, um, Perry Winkle. J. Jonah Jameson from. <laughs> that's close. J. J. Jonah Jameson from Spider Man, like so. You, those are two iconic characters, and having the same guy play both of them is kind of that's a little much for me. Like, there's more than there's more actors than that in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Um, um, but Boyega,
1: th- number one, Pacific Rim to me is not an established franchise. Like they did one movie that was kind of okay. Nah. It was like Power Rangers on steroids yeah. to me. Um, but it's not an established fr- franchise, and so they're they're trying to get their foot in the ground with a sequel. And I don't give a fuck if Boyega's is in it. Like I think that's a good choice because he's a decent actor. He's probably not coming with a huge price tag quite yet, and he'll contribute to the overall story.
0: See, I'll give it a little bit better than that. I think Boyega is actually really good. Like, he was a I, standout no, I, for I me. He's great. He was a standout, uh, standout for me in episode seven. Uh, and as far as Pacific Rim goes, like, it's a summer popcorn movie, and that's fine. Like, don't try to be more than you are. You're a summer popcorn movie. Make some cool shit happen. I want to see robots fighting monsters. Uh, just do that again, and... You got a ticket sold. Yeah, Go I mean, until crap. we get a
1: until we get a legit Power Rangers or Voltron movie, like this is the best we're gonna get. So we might as well do it.
0: Voltron has come to Netflix. Yes, but I has. haven't watched it.
1: Um, and here's the thing, man. Like the with Pacific Rim one, like they capitalized on Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. Like, yep, they put him in the lead role. Guess who they also cast in it? The guy who plays Clay Morrow, Ron Perlman. Uh, nice.
2: Of course, yes,
1: he was in it as well. Um. It didn't really do much to bolster the franchise. Like, I mean, the movie was what it was. A lot of people really loved it because it was kind of new and different. Like, uh, and, they, and then again, people like me are like, well, it's kind of Power Rangers. I just thought they like,
0: were like, it's Transformers, except for we can see the robots fighting.
1: Yeah, like there's two dudes in a suit that fights a monster. Like, that's Power Rangers to me, only that instead of five dudes, it's two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in our other piece of Star Wars news, we've got some John Williams action. John Williams oh, will yeah. be back just, to. He's
2: segwaying this me. movie's going to be fucking good, by the way. Yeah. I really is. Episode 8? No. F- the one he's about to talk about. That's what he's talking about. No.
0: We'll go both because I, I know no, what you're getting Indy at. Five. Uh, I so, you're are you talking Indy
1: 5? No.
2: Nope.
0: John Williams will be back to score Episode 8. And if you don't well, want to talk one. about yeah. Episode 8. It wasn't eight obvious. Or Indy, then I don't know what the fuck you're on.
2: You don't know what I'm on? No, oh, oh, no. John Williams is tapped to score Ready Player One, Spielberg's Ooh.
1: adaptation. Oh, yeah, novel, I want to see that. No, we weren't talking about that at all.
2: Now, nah, well, we should be. Hell. We should be because should be. that sounds really awesome. John Williams is a busy eighty fucking year old, or however old he is, man. Have you read yes. the book? No. Oh, dude. Is it right there? It's right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I haven't that, read it either, though. Maybe. <laughs> that maybe. That came in a loot
0: crate. <laughs> maybe if that comes off your shelf before I leave tonight. I, I don't I know it, what happened. I had
2: it narrated to me by, by the dulcet tones of one. Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Yeah. Wheaton. He did the audiobook version of it for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, is the only reader here who's not going to spoil it because it sounds like something I of want to not. read. Yeah. What do you think of the book? Oh, it's good.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Is it is I mean, it adaptable
1: to a movie? So like, Oh, absolutely. It, okay.
2: Really, really, it's a whole lot of like. Uh, it's a whole lot of fan service to people that, you know, grew up playing 80s video games and shit like that. Well, that's, um, that's that's that, That's yep. a big portion of it. <laughs> but it's like, essentially, essentially, you mix that with with uh, something akin to a virtual reality version of Warcraft. Like, it's super MMORPG, but it's it's VR and people just spend their lives in it.
1: Is it gonna get better critical reviews than Warcraft? <laughs> um, I would bet Sick so. Burn, ouch, ouch. Well, we'll talk about that. It's
2: got yeah. it's got a solid story. It's got it's got Spielberg, and it's gonna have John Williams. Like this movie's gonna fucking kick ass.
0: Yeah, there's no way it's not gonna um, do like a bajillion dollars.
2: No, exactly. Sweet. So that I'm excited about that. Let's let's actually go back into
1: the article or the the specific piece of news. I mean, so I'll I'll. I'll shed light on it because Bryce was obviously unaware. John Williams at one point actually was kind of like, so I'm old. There's been a lot of Star Wars movies. I don't know if I can do it again. Really? Okay. And so, like, last week they finally spilled the beans that, like, he said, yes, if if I'm able to do it, I will totally do it, as well as Indy 5. And, like, Indy 5 was not even a thing when he originally was just, like, kind of like, I'm kind of too old to do Star Wars. He was wishy-washy at a point. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean... The guy is not young. No. You know no. what I mean? And so, like, it's and it's a lot of work to score a film, especially when, like, you, there's the initial principal photography, principal photography, and then there's reshoots and whatnot. Like, oh, yeah. that's a lot of work to do because um, he's got to get his musicians back in the studio and rewrite some things maybe – and honestly, like a couple seconds when you're scoring a movie is a big deal if you have to rewrite it because you already wrote the initial piece and then you have to try and bridge it into something shorter that works better. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I mean, I'm on board. Like, this strikes all the nostalgia chords to me perfectly. And John Williams was amazing in the works he's done so far. I'm super excited as well that he's going to be back for Indy 5. So, whatever. We all win. And that's great. And we also have to go get a refill, so I'll have, see. You, have guys either of you listened to
1: the actual score from episode seven? Yeah, I I like it. Yeah, like I mean, mm-hmm. legit, just listen to the score, not uh, watch the movie and listen to the music. Yeah, no, I don't know that. That's not, true. I haven't. Uh, okay, I have it. So, <laughs>
0: which means I will have it. It's soon. awesome.
1: Like I yeah. love I love listening to it, especially because like you have the initial Star Wars music. Mm-hmm. But then like. There's pieces of it that are different, especially when you get like Planet Side on Jakku. Yeah. When like you can actually hear when the stormtrooper like shuttles are descending upon the planet, and then like there's the the conflict on Jakku and stuff oh, and like the, that. And the like, themes you can that hear you it in the, the, the soundtrack. New
2: characters are all fantastic, you know. Yeah. The Ray's theme. And yeah. All that. It's, no, I, it's I oh, definitely. I think
1: yeah. I think the score for this movie is probably and and I'm gonna get probably shot at for saying this, but I think it's probably better than Empire the score
2: Yeah.
0: that is the sound of an icbm you know converging on your location <laughs> A from bowel movement
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> an icy <laughs> bowel movement like intercontinental even. oh oh okay. yeah i gotcha <laughs>
0: wow um yeah, I don't know. Um, first off, the sto- the score for episode seven is amazing. Like, I no question, I love it. Like, I'll go back and actually probably listen to it on its own just so I understand that I, you know, make sure I, I love it, but uh, it's great. So, but anyway, this kind of feels like we're getting the band back together and that's something I really enjoyed too. And we are
1: thirsty still. Yeah. Hey, all right. Bryce, bitter oats. Booze time.
0: All right, let's talk about Star Trek.
1: Let's talk about Star Trek. I posted both of these, so you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Nope.
0: I see we have <laughs> a new box set. Tell me about it.
1: Dude, uh, so this comes out, I think, in September, and this is going to be the definitive Blu-ray box set if you are interested in the original cast. It's going to have all three seasons of the original series. It's going to have all six movies featuring the original cast of, of Star Trek characters, and it's also going to have the two seasons of the animated series all in one inclusive box set. It's all been remastered for high def in Blu ray. Um, and I'm re- like, since I read about this uh, last week, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to pitch this to my wife so I can actually spend the money to buy it because I, I want it.
0: When you come up with that, let me know because it'll save me time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if I pitch it to your wife first? Yeah, there you go. She likes me more than you, so maybe maybe I'll get a yes and then yeah, solid point. Yeah. That's <laughs> very likely. Um anyway, yeah, that's I mean that's that's really all this this was was just to to create awareness of it because I mean, here's the thing. Um fans will buy this. Uh but it costs a lot of money to to put together a, a collection like this. Um just from like, in terms of being able to scrounge up the material to do the remastering. Remastering is fucking expensive, like, a oh, lot. For sure. So, uh, if you're a fan of Star Trek at all and you want to see the franchise continue, like, go buy this because this is going to be awesome. It, I mean, who cares if you don't even like the three seasons of the Maybe. TV show? If you like the movies, it's worth it for this. I mean, I don't know what the cost is going to be, but I can't imagine it being more than 150 bucks for all of it. Yeah. So... I'm 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 down. I'm I'm gonna try and buy it. So and I don't even buy a lot of shit these days. I just, but this I would buy.
0: Yep. Also in Star Trek news, we have a an official Star Trek podcast. CBS, yeah, CBS, CBS is CBS. launching
1: a Star Trek podcast. Um, and like the article says, like contrary to a lot of lucrative offers they threw our way, like we're gonna continue to come at you from the whatever you show. Like we're not leaving you. Yeah, this.
0: Um, I mean.
1: They just keep banging that on the door, but
0: we've decided we're going to keep doing this show instead.
1: Yeah, we want to do this. Yeah. Um, so this podcast is, I think, probably geared uh, toward attracting people from social media to the new show, I, I would imagine. I mean, almost um, definitely. But I think it's going to be mostly centered around Star Trek TNG, which I think is going to be awesome. I'm probably going to listen to it for a little while, just to kind of see what it's all about. Um. And because I think I could probably school a lot of motherfuckers when it comes to Next Generation on a lot of things. Yeah. So Bryce and I were actually at one point thinking about doing a TNG podcast. Podcast, Yeah. yeah. I want to do that. I mean, not to steal anybody's thunder or anything. Yeah, no. I mean, that'd be cool. TNG. That's like uh my jam. Uh, Um, Like similar to like Kevin Smith does a podcast with some other dude about Frasier. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, he does. He does a Fraser podcast. So okay. Um, and Fraser's been off the air for almost as long as TNG has. So I mean, why not, right? Fraser's great. Uh, Fraser's awesome. I do, so I do enjoy
0: Fraser, but if you you oh just for say, God's sakes, Niles, you just say Kevin Smith, I and I I do not Niles. come up with uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Smith at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait. Did I say that right? You say Kevin Smith, and I do not think Fraser. Exactly. Or vice
1: versa. Yeah, okay. You say Kelsey Grammer, I think cocaine.
0: Ah. I think, I think, actually, the other day, uh, um, my father-in-law was in town a couple of weeks ago, and he was watching Frasier, and we happened to run across an episode that I found very interesting, which was the one where Frasier befriends, um, might have been Niles, I don't remember, one of the two befriends a uh, very homosexual actor... Uh, Acting played Thank you. played by Sir Patrick Stewart.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: not 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 John Lovitz. No, and I enjoyed this episode because I was like, "Well, that's how they found
1: the beast." Um, <laughs> um, I think so, it's interesting that your father-in-law came to town for your mother-in-law's funeral yeah. and watched Fraser. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, he was here for a good week and a half or something. Like, what do you gonna Let do? As well catch some Fraser? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I just thought it was funny because of all the things that I hated about X three Kelsey Grammer as Beast, not one, not of not one of them. Yeah, yeah, no, I
2: think that
1: was brilliant. Yeah, especially I mean, if if you read X Men comics in the nineties at all, yeah, perfect. Uh, or watched the 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 cartoon series that that, that came out in the nineties, oh, like, definitely. Like that is that is your quintessential Beast character right there. More than um, oh fuck me, what's his name from the movies currently? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, so vamp while, for me while I look this up. Who yeah. who are you do, talking about? <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> I said vamp. Do, I didn't say sing the oh, Jeopardy song. close. Uh,
2: so...
0: Yeah, no, I really like Kelsey Grammer's as Beast. Um, I actually really like the new guy Beast, too. And when you said, um, you know, like, that was the quintessential character from the 90s, I don't disagree with you at all. Like, that's entirely perfect. What's interesting to me, though, is that that is probably the thing that a lot of us of a certain age think of as Beast, whereas um, that's not the entire character. Like, I've recently gotten back into reading some X-Men comics. Right now I'm reading all new X-Men, and I'm currently in the Battle of the Atom uh, crossover series. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt is the guy playing Beast in the current incarnation. But anyway, I'm currently reading The Battle of the Atom, and uh, one of the th- things that struck me as I was reading this is that the Beast character that I think of is a little bit different from the Beast character in the comics, and I don't think that's because either of us are particularly wrong, but just because uh, comics have the you know uh, well, ability to play characters
1: slightly different we'll, we'll set most of this aside until the comic book section of the show but let's let's just say beast as a character has evolved since the 90s into a slightly different version of the beast than we're used to um and then we get 50s beast kind of brought in to meet current beast and it's it makes for an interesting dynamic, and then in the Battle of the Atom series, a little bit even more because uh, that's Sinister is pretty heavily involved in the Battle of the Atom. Correct? Yeah, I haven't gotten that far. A, yeah, I, I think I, I'm I three is.
0: issues into the Battle of the Atom, and we've already uh, learned that there is an even older beast than present day. beast it's a really convoluted story when I try to explain it to other people. Yeah, yeah, because there's
1: yeah. like we get Zorn yeah. and older beast and and whatnot from the I don't future. Know any and stuff, of that so, shit? So just shut up. Um, just shut up. <laughs> You know, you'll get there. Yeah, yeah I know. It's um, not that big a deal. But and and Zorn is a character that's weird because Zorn was introduced in like the mid two thousands, maybe late two thousands. I don't remember, but like Zorn keeps coming back, but as a different character each time. And I think when you meet Zorn this time, you'll be pleasantly surprised by who it is. And at the same time, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" So we'll we'll table this discussion until we actually get Gene to- Gray. Okay, so yeah, you've, no, you've I got that there. far. I yeah, got that far. There. So yeah. don't tell me to shut up then because you read it.
0: All right, fucker. whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, this so, alert. but we
1: will talk more about comic books in like half hour. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Other news uh, this week. This 80s- news might even be more than meets the eye. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. <laughs> that, brilliant. Brilliantly done. <laughs> 80s Transformers, the movie, gets an HD makeover.
1: Yeah, we're getting Transformers, the movie, on Blu-ray now. They say shit in that movie. They do. Yeah. They yeah. do. Holy I have the DVD shit. release, which is the only thing that us North Americans have had on Blu-ray or digital format for a right. long time. So we are finally getting Blu-ray of this movie, and I'm going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <'Cause>
2: we know. Because, <laughs> I mean, if
1: you're going to be like, well... Are you gonna buy this or the Michael Bay movie? Somebody like want to buy the cartoon. <laughs>
0: I think that's entirely fair.
2: Hey, 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 hey. It's Shia LaBeouf, all right. I I'm behind that guy. Here's the thing, like I'm probably one of the only
1: people on the face of the planet's like, I like Shia
2: LaBeouf, like Running for Your Life from Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> he's no, he's reinventing himself. Has yeah. you have you seen the hitchhiking shit that he's done? No, I've seen a bunch of his weird shit though. It's good.
1: Like he's been hitchhiking. Yeah. Right? And he's posting videos, and so are the hitchhikers and whatnot. And, like, uh, Babylon covered a little bit of it, where they they watched a video of some dudes that ran into him in Colorado and picked him up and went to some bars and stuff like that. But then they're just like, now they're stuck with Sean. (laughs) Like, like, what do we do with him now? (laughs) Okay. See see you later. Let's Uh, let's get him his own room. Yeah. Yeah, We got to take off. No, but not – no, I – If they brought him back to the franchise, like, I wouldn't be upset with it. Because, like, the only person that would be, I think, would be Marky Mark. Hey.
0: Ouch. What? That's... No! No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up on the docket, we have Mallrats, the series. Maybe. Uh, Kevin
1: Smith announced, like, yesterday, or the day before, maybe, that instead of doing Mallrats 2 as a sequel theatrically, that... Uh, he's gonna do a ten-episode run of the Malrats as a series.
2: God damn it, Kevin Smith! Just um, make another fucking movie already.
1: Well, he thanked the Flash for bringing him into the the TV fold a little bit more than he was before. Yeah, and so this this that's where this came from is now from like watching. And, the and Flash. honestly, it's not a bad idea because you can do a, an eighty-minute movie, mm-hmm. ninety-minute movie, or whatever. This way gives him. I mean, not quite ten hours. It's going to be probably eight and a half hours, seven and a half hours after commercials and whatnot. But like, right. he's got a lot longer period of time to tell a, a decent story, and I'm
2: I'm I'm all for it if he gets the right people involved. Well, yeah, but uh, the the last time or possibly two that this has happened, you know, that nothing. From that has seen the light of day. Well, the problem hit
1: somebody was supposed to be a movie, and then it was going to be a two part movie, and, and then it then was going to be a mini be a, series, mini-series. and we still haven't seen the light exactly. of day. So, yeah. I mean, I get your your apprehension. Yeah. As an idea, I don't hate this. See, this was something I thought he had already
2: filmed, though, or he no. was filming. No, he's yeah. he's
1: been doing he, Moose Jaws. Yeah, because he did he did yoga Hosers immediately after Tusk, and then he he dove right, right into Moose Jaws. So. Man. I think
0: this could work, actually. I think Mallrats is a property that could be served well by television.
1: I I think it has to go to Netflix, though. Like, I don't think you do this on network TV. I don't oh. think you can do Mallrats on network TV. Yeah, like I don't necessarily
0: I know yeah. Netflix, but it, it certainly cannot go network television. Yeah, like no question. I mean, you could do, do it Netflix. TV. You
1: could do it Amazon. You could do it maybe Clue, HBO or Showtime. Something. Everybody like that. has yeah. their
0: own like side property thing where you can say swear words. So you, yeah, yeah,
1: you got to have something that's going to let you do a TV MA. TV show, TV the way MA you plus do it. plus, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But right.
1: I, I'm like I'm excited. Like I, I still want to see the continuation of what happens. Um, oh fuck yeah, yeah. With the uh, the is uh,
2: the Brody character for sure. I just want to see what happens with the, TS. the three-nippled psychic. psychic. I don't I don't know if we're getting a return. <laughs> the three-nip psychic. On you don't think so?
1: No, but TS would be cool. So. Um, I would fucking love, mm. fucking love uh what's his name uh affleck no <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> is, it, is
0: it is it ben uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, no ben no
1: like, michael Goddammit. chiklis you, no do you think a... chiklis wasn't in that movie
2: who was the the dad then that's that's the, the, the that character i'm thinking of um, yeah
1: um it wasn't chiklis. the blue guy the blue guy from guardians of the galaxy what's his name
2: keep keep vamping i'm looking it up yeah. I shouldn't yeah. have to. I really shouldn't have to, and this is really shit of me because of, you like, Hey, do, do you think they'll get Shannon Elizabeth back? <laughs> no, but Shannon Dory said she's in. That's what I meant. She went God on record it. on on a <laughs> really? live on a live podcast saying really? she was in. Interesting.
1: Like this was when it was going to be a movie, though. I don't know for a series. For so a series, that's yeah. that's kind of the Shannon
0: Dory was just like, please, somebody Michael Rooker. Pay attention Why did I even yeah.
1: Michael Rooker? So I think if you get Rooker involved, mm. I'm I'm there because I
2: like that dude for yeah. sure. For also sure. the guy that was LaForce was yeah. rumored to be back. And what else has he been in? I mean, come on. Um uh, Scott Mosier. No. Like no. he's not producing this movie, but he's he's gonna Mini-series. reprise his role. Miniseries. Whatever. You think they can get Ethan Soupley back? I think for sure they can get <laughs> Ethan Soupley back. We're like, hey Earl, I can't they might even I can't see get, the schooner.
1: They might even be able to get Stanley back. <laughs> No, um, if he's still alive. Here's the thing: man. if they can turn this into a into a TV series that showcases Jason Lee and what Jason Lee can really do, yeah, not I, and I'm talking better Your name than Pilot my name Inspector. is because my name is my name is Earl was good. He was really good in it, yeah. but like that's not what Jason Lee can do no.
2: on screen, of course. You know what I mean? So i I think that's what the series should be about, and I think he's he's obviously much better than he was for the original mall rats, and he clearly he grows
1: a fucking hell of a mustache
2: these days that's that's true so <laughs>
1: alright All right. so that's mall rats news
0: let's talk about comics and oh my gosh do we have a lot of comics to talk about uh IDW creates a Hasbro shared comic book universe yeah man Tell me about this, because Matt put this in the show notes, and I don't know what the fuck is um, going on. So,
1: Bryce might not want to start reading comics quite yet, because I think he might have some, some shit to contribute to this. So, Bullshit! No, you know the Hasbro line, though. Sure. IDW, the comic book publisher, is putting together a shared universe that's going to have uh, Transformers in it, it's going to have G.I. Joe in it, it's going to have Mask. Do you remember the, the show Mask? I remember the Jim Carrey feature film. Nope, that, not that um it's it they, it, it was I'm again lost vehicles that could turn into shit wow not quite go bots okay and and there was definitely a human component to that that made not it quite work. the
2: transformers nor the
1: Gobots. not quite either one no um but there's a lot of stuff that that the hasbro universe has and idw has decided that they're they're gonna do a shared universe in comic book form with all these things and they're not going to reboot the titles that they've already been publishing because they've been publishing G.I. Joe and uh, Transformers at least for a while now. And they're like, they're deciding not to reboot the continuity, but just to start over again at number one, just so that they can actually um, share the universe a little bit more equally between them. Hmm. Um, so things that that readers have read in the past are not going to change. They're just going to kind of add to that with what they can bring in from other franchises now.
2: Well, good, because I've read so much of them that I would be- be severely disappointed. I knew they, you would be if they ruined the storylines um, that no, I knew so no, well. No, seriously, fuck you. No, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no. I'm this can, is. I'm this kind is, of in the
0: same place. I don't. I don't. This yeah, is cool yeah, though, nothing. just
1: because of the fact that they're just like. Michael Bay. Has talked about doing this for a long time, but Michael Bay is kind of a shit director. <laughs> Like, he can put sound effects and special effects and shit, but it doesn't make a good movie. Things blow up. Yeah. That is amazing. Um, amazing filmmaking. And I'm not going to lie. Like, the three of us sitting at this table have not seen the new Turtles movie yet. So, we can't really... Nope. Say whether or not, like, oh, well, he's changed his ways. Um, but, like, Michael Bay has talked about doing stuff with a shared universe between G.I. Joe and Transformers and... I think those are the only two he's kind of mentioned, but Hasbro's kind of had a lot of stuff over the years that you can, you can kind of throw into the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the mask cartoon when I was a kid, um, but I'm older than you fuckers. So like that kind of makes Mm. sense to me. Yeah. Um, I also remember when Ric Flair and Sting both wrestled for WCW on Saturday nights, but you know, (laughs) what do you know? Back Um, in the old days. Yeah. Um, but I think this is cool. Like I think I think for once, like for a publisher, especially a publisher like IDW, who's not huge, but they have a lot of popular franchises, like they do a Ghostbusters uh, comic, um, in addition to the Transformers and GI Joe and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's kind of cool for a comic book company to be like, you know what? I think we're gonna do this, and I think we can make it work, and we already have the IP to
2: do it, so let's do it. Yeah, I you know I just don't get why this is that much different from the way that they used to do things, which was just to have, you know, some sort of a one-off storyline issue where they combine multiple characters and stuff like that. You know, I, I, what's the point?
1: Yeah. But this is the first time that these properties have actually had like one company's had publishing rights to all the, all the properties to Mm -hmm. be able to do it continuously. Okay. Uh, Marvel had Indiana Jones. And Star Wars at one point in time. And Marvel had Transformers at one point in time. I'd like to time. see a crossover
2: for that. Right? Star Wars and Indy? Why not? Um, <laughs> I mean... I don't know how that would work, but I <laughs> want it too. That lightsaber belongs in a museum. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I uh, lightsaber belongs in a museum.
1: <laughs> 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 um, no, um,
2: it, it hasn't been available at... For an extended period of time before now, you know you know they were just they were just so concerned with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should okay, okay,
1: so just because I told you not to order the cheeseburger that was comprised of a cheeseburger between two grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> not available any longer which apparently yeah, those of you who might be um, well, dining wait? at Hot Valley that that burger doesn't exist anymore, apparently. But at one point in time, yeah, grilled
2: it cheese on marbled rye too. like, and it was like, it was like, it was, oh. like, it, was like, it was not just a grilled cheese. It was like
1: four different cheeses that sounds so oh, it as Ben and then a grilled cheese or a cheeseburger in between it. Um, so yeah, IDW shared universe. Let's go to the next topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So this one
0: is super near and dear to the whatever a show, um, because at least two thirds
1: of tonight's, whatever a show cast.
0: Yeah. Rebirth <laughs> saves the Green Arrow with record sales. Fucking over, A, dude. Over 90,000 sales of Green Arrow Rebirth uh, sold out the first printing of Green Arrow. So, not
1: not in, I think, 35 to 40 years has this happened.
0: Yeah, that's not even wrong. Uh, or at least... Uh, with my not fact-checking that at all, not yeah, wrong.
1: and and by thirty-five to forty years, I mean we haven't looked up any of this information whatsoever. But Green Green Arrow has not been a popular selling comic book, I think, ever. So certainly
0: not something that sold out the comics. So there's two things about this that I want to bring up. Number one, the Green Arrow is definitely more popular because of the Arrow TV show. Number two. The reason this Arrow book sold, the Green Arrow book, sold so well is because they brought the Green Arrow, uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary back together and actually respected some of the comic histories. Which actually contradicts your previous statement. I mean, sort of. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of people were interested in Arrow and then got pissed off at about the
1: general direction of Arrow, having had some tertiary knowledge of it. Here, here's the thing. Either there's a shit ton of fanboys of Arrow fanboys who wanted to see the Laurel and Oliver romance on TV and didn't get to that this really spoke to, or um, Arrow didn't actually bring readers into the Green Arrow comic book as much as it made runner, readers run away from the New 52 version of it because it was a lot like the TV series in which uh Black Canary and Oliver weren't an item because as soon as Rebirth hit the stands, all of a sudden Green Arrow fucking mattered again because and it, and they didn't rewrite the story. Like this is not like they jumped back in time and did anything special. This was fucking Dinah Lance, aka Black Canary shows up in Seattle and runs into a really super fucking uh socialist hippie Oliver Queen that we haven't seen in five and a half to six years, and was just like, "Hey, let's go rescue some people from getting kidnapped and sold on the black market." And he was like, "Yeah, because I fight social injustice like hardcore these days." Yeah, um, which is which is what Green Arrow is all about. So, I think we
0: talked about this a little bit on the last show, but I really like this issue. Me too. Um, and I really like this issue issue in juxtaposition to uh, the Green Arrow TV show. Because the Green Arrow TV show, or just Arrow, as we call it here in the Cool Kids table, um, isn't very good. And it's not very good for the reasons why this book is very good. We, so.
1: we talked about this issue, I think, briefly the last episode, right? Because I think we covered the initial four Rebirth titles. Yep. Um, and I think this was our second favorite, right? Yep. And I think the The numbers in which it has sold has kind of uh justified our opinions for sure uh yeah rebirth in in as as a general rule has kind of taken the comic book industry by storm like when the new fifty two hit like there was a lot of hype around it, and there was not a lot of action like it didn't sell nearly as well as d c thought it would was going to. Uh, Rebirth, on the other hand, like I can't get first printings of anything when I go to my local comic shop. Like I've asked, and they're like, uh, "No, we don't have it." Yeah, funny enough, um, you know, couldn't get Green Arrow. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, um, um, of course, this is a week and a half out. But here's the thing: the Flash Rebirth just came out like three days ago. Went into my comic shop today, couldn't get it.
0: Yeah. So Try. Rebirth Rebirth seems to be doing phenomenally well for DC. Um, we'll see in the future how it's going, but right now we just want to talk about the damn books. So let's start with—I uh, don't know—let's say Aquaman. Okay,
1: yeah, this is good. This is a good order to go in because Aquaman is my least favorite of the Rebirth comics so far.
0: Me too. And um, not I w- that
1: it was a bad story; it just was an Aquaman story.
0: Like we were talking about this over text, and the thing is, is that I've never been invested in Aquaman even a little bit,
1: and I'm still not. There's only been one author that's really been able to get me to like. Latch on Aquaman as as a as a legitimate superhero, and here's the thing: I get that Aquaman doesn't just talk to fish. In fact, he doesn't talk to fish at all. He just has kind They're of a, very
0: clear about pointing that out in this, which issue, I think fact. is
1: kind of what turned me away from it because Jeff Johns did a really good job of explaining that over the last five years, especially when the Aquaman title relaunched with the New Fifty Two. That like I didn't need it force fed to me again that he doesn't just talk to fish. You know what I mean? Um
0: it kind of says something to me that they're kind of constantly explaining why Aquaman's not wait, shitty.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Does he like talk to mollusks? And Yeah, that's actually what it is. Oh, it's okay. mollusks yeah. and the mollusks communicate See, to the sea fish.
1: cucumbers oh. count, bivalves, definitely perhaps? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The bivalves, yeah, the bivalves okay. Okay. This is starfish. Um no, it's it's not even it's not even that he talks to them like it's that he can influence them through a, a telepathic Thing. Right. Like you know, I guess like I kinda he always figured that anyway. He doesn't have conversations with fish because fish like... aren't really conversational. <laughs> hey Bob, beings. how are you today? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, how's it going, Bob? How's <laughs> How was school today?
1: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was very punny. Um, you welcome. <laughs> yeah. So this 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 was a, a book that spent a lot of time trying to justify Aquaman as a character, and I don't think you need to do that. I think once aquaman's been justified as a character which jeff johnson did a very good job of doing five and a half to six years ago uh, you just kind of roll with it and you tell a good story and this didn't do that whatsoever it didn't it you know i, I don't want to be super down on this book but of the the
0: rebirth title so far least favorite
1: dude the nerdist actually scored this at three burritos and the flash rebirth at only two and a half burritos well, they're wrong. They're completely wrong, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll get there. Yeah. Here's here's the thing, man. Um, I like Aquaman as a character. Like, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But, um, <laughs> that,
0: that's that's a pretty good indicator of what Aquaman has become.
1: Yeah, and here's Very the pro Aquaman. Guys. Here's the thing. Like his his love interest, Mara. Like he's one of the few characters that's kind of kept that love interest going through the thing. Like if you read Rebirth number one, you would see that Wally West talks about how. When Doctor Manhattan interfered with the timeline, when Barry was trying to fix it, the, the, one of the things that was lost was was love. Oh, for sure. But Aquaman is one of the only titles that's kept that love, and for some reason they're they're feeling the need to try and rejustify what they've done, and that's kind of reeks of desperation to me.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about Wonder Woman next.
1: Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah. So actually, here's the thing: I've never been a fan of Wonder Woman. Uh, not that I've not been, like, like I've been against Wonder Woman, like, for Aquaman, for example, um, they would have really had to win me over. Wonder Woman, that's not the case. I was pretty indifferent to Wonder Woman. I really like this title. In fact, I really liked how they went so far as to, like, justify her various different incarnations and, and, um, um origin stories if you will
1: yeah like i've i've liked wonder woman as a character for a long time but i've felt that they haven't really told good wonder woman stories in a long time and this title was kind of cool because it was just like it was really in your face about like okay one of my origin stories was that i was molded out of clay the other one is that i'm a bastard child of zeus and my mom and did i have a twin i don't know p.s i'm not really sure yeah um and so like it, for a comic book to come, kind of come right out and be like, so here's the thing. There's been a lot of in- inconsistencies in our history. Um, that says a lot about what they're trying to do with that particular character. And I think they're going to actually do some pretty cool things with it. Um, as much as I have kind of liked the, the Wonder Woman look over the last five years, where she's got the silver bustier as opposed to the gold and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and- I kind of am enjoying seeing her in the gold once again. I I uh,
0: actually like the pants. I, like I'm probably one of like four people who like the pants. Uh but Are you talking the
1: pants from like 10 years ago?
0: Maybe. I mean, I know I've seen it in the DC animated universe relatively recently. Yeah, the
1: pants were a thing about 10 years ago and then they were like That was kind of DC's way of being like, "Look, we're not sexist. She's not in a in a unitard at all." Yeah. But anyway, um costumes
0: aside, I did really really super enjoy when she's like remembering herself and she decides to switch to the classic costume that was amazing um and that's one of the things that i really really enjoyed about the book uh you know like i said i've never really been a fan of wonder woman comics but um that's maybe because i haven't really read any of them and secondarily i'm totally gonna read this one like i I, at least it for the next few issues, uh, it didn't blow me away, but it, on the same hand, it was good enough that I definitely want to read the next book.
1: I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what's happening with the whole like Olympus storyline, where she goes to what she believes was Olympus for a long time, but now she thinks may have been a lie, and where that particular thing leads. I think, ultimately, it's probably going to come down to another showdown between her and Ares, the God of War, and I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, my kids really into greek mythology these days and so i i
2: kind of i i bought <laughs> i bought bullfinch's mythology uh on if, if by that you mean she's really into the fucking books that are no
1: she did uh they did a um a thing about egypt yeah and we're talking about a lot yeah. of uh, no not egypt fuck greece greece they did a thing yeah. on greece um, and they were talking about like polytheism and the gods they believed in and whatnot. And like yeah. we we had a pretty long talk last night about like the different gods and goddesses and and how they tie into you know Percy modern Jackson. mythology or whatnot. Percy Jackson, uh, Christianity, I think, is what I referred to as modern mythology. <laughs> but um, I bought both in both mythology on Google Play because I had it for like two bucks. Nice, nice on Google Play, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll buy that because I checked. Yeah. I think I checked out Bullfinch's mythology like nineteen times throughout middle school because like from seventh to eighth grade like um with um tag stuff like I did a lot of mythology uh studies mm-hmm. and um I so Wonder Woman is kinda cool to me because not only is she a like a positive feminine role model or uh or female lead in a in a comic book series and stuff like that, but like it's it's she's very grounded in, in Greek history and mythology and whatnot. So um, that's fun for me. Um, Ares in particular has always kind of been a rival of Wonder Woman. And so I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that come to the comic pages again. Yeah. How about Action Comics? Action Comics was fucking fun, dude.
0: Yeah. We get... Okay, so the brief overview of Action Comics. We get old Superman. As in Superman who fought Doomsday and died. We get that Superman... Um, sort of quasi-briefly,
1: very smallly explaining why he's even a thing. So for those of you listening at home that may not have kept up on Superman, and possibly for Bryce, who's sitting there with a quizzical look on his face, um, the New 52 brought about a Superman that we hadn't met before, and his costume was a little bit different, and uh, he wasn't romantically involved with Lois Lane at all. Uh, and it just she kind was just of a side bitch. Well, it wasn't quite right for us. Like, actually, Superman and Wonder Woman had a thing. Oh, yeah. okay. in the new right. fifty two. I don't think I, I didn't I don't hate think Clark well, and Lois ever became a thing. The, no, even they didn't, a little sperm. bit. They didn't. Um, but what we found out in the last story arc of the Superman series from the new fifty two, the new fifty two, is that there's actually kind of already been another Superman on in our continuity, but he was just laying low. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it was actually the Superman and Lois Lane that we grew up reading about, um, and their kid Jonathan, um, who surprise in the first who, name, uh, <laughs> who exhibits some
2: some superpowers yeah. himself occasionally. Um, I guess there wasn't a whole lot of yellow light shining through the uh, the womb. And following following the death
1: of the New Fifty Two Superman, like our our classic Superman has kind of. Come to terms with the fact that he's going to have to go public and, and be Superman specifically because of Lex Luthor. Jesse, As always, Jesse Eisenberg. No, no, oh. God, no. So, no. Um, um, we're we're talking, um, well, if Brian Cranston was Lex, this would be the Lex that we're so
2: Malcolm's dad, yeah, yeah, okay. So, Walter how? White. how?
0: i really like this we're, we're uh, gonna have to cook again jesse <laughs> yeah i really We like just this. cooked today <laughs> we did we didn't make meth though should we make some meth no i like beer a lot better
2: yeah, okay fine whatever to be fair i haven't <laughs> tried meth i haven't given it the old college try yeah, yeah me we, neither we really but, should I mean, be i, I mean that i like beer better <laughs> i like yeah. my teeth where they're at so yeah yeah
0: i i do like to having having teeth in fact
1: and driving a car I mean, the thought of riding yeah. a bike everywhere, <laughs> again, all of a sudden, oh, like, Jesus. it's just, uh, it's not where I'm going. I
2: didn't even tell you about the gas station today, but that's not really a podcast subject, so. <laughs> it can be, but save it for the end, you know? <laughs> well, you know.
1: So, uh,
0: Superman, um,
1: this was fun. Um, Lex, it- Lex breaks up a, a, a hostage situation as Superman. He's wearing Superman's crest and cape.
0: Yeah, here's the thing about this. I actually came out of this feeling a little bit uh, sympathetic towards Lex. I like. Didn't. I I mean I know I know what they were going for, but the way that they portrayed him, like Superman's taking down Lex Luthor, Superman from Another Earth, different Lex Luthor, and I actually kind of kind of came out feeling like, man, maybe Superman fucked up. Like
1: he's no. he's kind of being a douche. Here's the thing, um, and this is this is because I've read Justice League. Yeah, um, which apparently is not done weird <laughs> um because 51 comes out like next week i think but lex is a piece of shit well i mean obviously he's pretty much a piece of shit in every continuity um but he's a piece of shit that i think people will try to empathize with because his whole ideal is superman's an alien aliens can't be trusted and we need to safeguard us ourselves against so the we're alien getting and Snyder's Luther, which is the worst Luther. No, this was this happened before Snyder got a hold of Lex, like a long time ago. It's it's still bad. Lex, I mean, well, Lex's whole mentality. Bad. Lex's whole mentality has always been about protecting the Earth against an alien menace. Yeah, he just has never been able to. So this is not a new thing to me. Um, uh, and the Lex that we've gotten has kind of weaselled his way into the Justice League. Okay. Um, much to the chagrin of everybody else in the Justice League, including Batman and Superman, but they're just like, What the fuck are we gonna do? Because we got
0: no places to not let Yeah. Him.
1: You know, um so this was kind of like the ultimate, like, I like the story because whereas New 52 Superman was just like, there's kinda not a lot we can do about this guys Um Old World Superman that we grew up reading is like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Like, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit here just like he was a piece of shit on my earth.
0: Like okay, that makes a little bit more sense. I like so, I don't have that context. Honestly, I didn't read uh, all of the new Fifty Two Justice League, so it's good that they're actually doing something on purpose yeah, with that.
1: That that that's where that comes from, and that's and so to me, like I didn't feel sorry for Lex at all. In fact, I was just like, man, Clark's gonna kind of take some shit for this because felt sorry for Clark because like, whoop, they I don't know why he's well, being. And I'm glad you brought that up. They're totally right. Like, with the whole Clark thing, because apparently there's a Clark and there's a Superman. So unless he's, like, literally, like, beaten in both places at once because he's so fucking good at being Superman, like, we've got something else going on, too. Yeah,
0: I really want to see what happens with that. Yeah. Okay. So there's
1: a Clark that shows up on the scene with Jimmy Olsen who's trying to report on the fact that Superman and Lex Luthor are actually beating the shit out of each other in the sky. Um,
0: Worth noting that in this universe... Everybody knows that Superman just died like five seconds ago, and, and everybody it's also knows, Clark Kent. yeah, everybody knows that it's Clark Kent, Clark, Clark Kent that also died. We need to talk about Detective, Detective.
1: Comics. Tech, better than Action Comics, in my Tech. opinion, largely.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was at least Not even largely, me, but marginally, about, I guess. The thing about that I liked about Detective Comics is that we get sort of an, an expansion from the New Fifty Two um,
1: Batman storylines. Yeah, here's the thing about New Fifty Two Batman that turned me off is I liked the Scott Snyder driven Batman storyline from the Batman book, um, but it seemed like Detective Comics was kind of a departure from that and talked about Batman but in a different, like it wasn't the same stories. Like there was no continuity between the, between the two titles. Yeah. Um, in this book, I feel like there's going to be continuity, uh, but this is going to revolve around a bat team more than it's going to be a solo Batman story.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's sort of the thing. Like, um, this story really is about, um, or at least beginning wise, uh, Batman wants to form a new team to, you know, fight injustice and evil and blah, blah, blah. And he recruits a uh, Batwoman who is uh, something. Cousin. His cousin. Something or other Kane. Yeah, something or other Kane. And she, who has experience, you know, going through... She's, book, yeah, she's she's military. Yeah. she She's the best person to train them, and Batman admits that. And she's like, no, we're equals. You don't keep me out of this shit. Like, you're not the, you're not the granddaddy. You're, we're equals. Yeah. And I'll train your guys, but you gotta tell me what's going that, on.
1: That came in a little bit later, because she was just like, totally so... She's like, so here's the deal. You're not gonna pull me in to do this kind of crap. Um without there being an underlying reason. And I think you know what that reason is, but you're not telling me and I don't care right now, but when it comes down to it, you better tell me what I need to know. Yeah, kind of a exactly. Thing. Um, we also get Tim Drake back in this book, um, which, which we, I he's loved. been around in Titans, but in a different capacity, like he and Bruce have not had the kind of relationship. Like there was a little bit of, uh, of communication during the court of owls series at the very beginning of the new 52. But since then we haven't really had a lot of, Uh, back and forth between them. And um, Bruce even talks about how Tim Drake is the best tactical mind of any Robin that he's ever had. And so he kind of recruits him to be uh, Batwoman's lieutenant as far as bringing this group in. Um, And I like that. I want to see Tim Drake actually kind of um, spread his wings, so to speak, and, and be able to be a leader.
0: Definitely. Um yeah, I'm not sure there's much else
1: to say. Like
0: I really love What? Can't oh, talk yeah. Talk about Clayface. That's that's actually kind of one of the more brilliant parts of this. Clayface actually gets repeated, recruited as part of the team as well because in different incarnations, uh Clayface, Basil Carlo is a good guy, is a bad guy, is, you know, pure evil, is not evil, etc. And the incarnation they're going with here, he's not evil. He's just sort of uh He's fucked up. Yeah, basically.
1: So, and Batman I, recognized that Batman's like, "You're not a bad dude, you just don't know how to reach out,
0: yeah, basically, um, so the recruition uh recruiting of Basil Carlo is really interesting, really fun actually, because we get like a guy who's typically a Batman villain sort of fighting on the bat team, which um I thought was really well done because there's a lot of characters that they could have tried that with that wouldn't worked it wouldn't have worked at all. With, and this one totally did.
1: I don't really know a ton about the spoiler character. um, Because I haven't read a lot of that book. I know nothing. but but She
2: started out uh, in the Robin... Kind of when Robin started getting his own title back in the 90s. Um, And the spoiler was an ancillary character to that title. And they ended up having a, a romantic connection and stuff for a while too.
1: And this is the same Robin from back in the 90s. Yeah, it's a Tim Drake Drake Robin. this is so a Tim Drake I, Robin. I think
2: that's probably where the connection comes in. Yeah um, definitely. Uh Stephanie something or other was her name.
1: Yeah. hmm I don't I don't remember the last name, but no I, I like And she, I think it
2: mentions that in this book too, so they they had a pretty solid character for her. She essentially was Her dad like, was
1: kind of a fuck up, right?
2: Uh as I recall, yes. Yeah. I mean you know sort of absentee um, you know, but she didn't come from like a rich family like Tim did. You know, she was in a poor. She was, she was more you know they had the kind of like after school special. Like there's obviously some some uh, violence going on at home Tim, and Tim stuff didn't like that. Come from a rich family
1: either they worked for the Waynes.
2: Uh, in the comics, they were neighbors
1: and worked for the Waynes. <laughs> mm,
2: no, Tim's dad was uh...
1: not rich at all. They drove judges. Him in the uh, I they drove a van know. because so, his whatever. dad we'll was in a Google wheelchair, and they needed a van to
2: get around. I don't, like I don't that. think they were rich, though. Like they, like Tim went to work for Bruce. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll find okay. some old comics and, and let you know. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's Bryce's really nice way of saying. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Yeah, he also said. I'm that pretty about sure you the know a lot more We boiled that beer tonight too, but I'm pretty sure you oh. not right about that. Either. I'm pretty oh sure my you know goodness. a lot more about
2: comics in general. But uh, Batman from the from the mid '90s and late '90s, I think. I you mean
1: you mean the time when I read comic books all the time and mm-hmm. I was actually you know mostly an adult. Okay, whoa, and, and... whoa, whoa, <laughs> guys! We don't have a ring set up here. You're hmm. gonna have to calm the fuck down. No, I I, 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 he, he might have me there, but I don't. Ha-ha. I think the Dregs were rich. Well, I don't think they in were. In fairness, I don't
0: fucking know. So let's move on. In fairness, yeah.
1: So what? Wait, why are you even talking? Oh, <laughs>
0: I am the calm intermediary.
1: <laughs> um. So anyway, I thought this book was awesome.
0: No, I I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, it, first off, I'm not generally a big fan of the Batman team up issues and stuff, which is kind of like what Detective Comics is all about. But I really like
1: this one. Yeah, here's the thing though. Like we haven't had like a bat team book in a long time. What we have had is a lot of one-off, like not not even one-off, but singular character titles that every 6 to 9 months we are supposed to like accept that they were coming together to do something. Yeah. And I think this kind of prevents that. I think between the Batman title and the Detective title we can kind of have a cohesive story between the two. And not have to worry about like, well, when the next big crossover comes, I'm gonna have to read Batwing and I'm gonna have to read whatever else and this, that, and the other thing and Bat pubes and whatever comes along. So my favorite kind of pubes. Um
0: No 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 no. Bat pubes.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um No, I, I think it's gonna be fun. I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to reading Detective a little bit more. And they've gone back to their original numbering. I think this was nine what was it? Nine what? I have no idea. Not Come even on, you not fox. even
0: close to a guess. Nine hundred and something. They've gone back to the original numbering. Let's just move on. It's not that big a deal.
1: It is a big deal. We gotta tell the readers where they're at.
0: Okay, while well, he's telling the readers where we're where they're at. Uh one of the other big comics that dropped this week is the Flash Rebirth. And that's kind of interesting because the Flash has already been rebirthed. He uh, has been rebirth. So what do we think about this particular rebirth? I loved it. Yeah, me too. You're still... <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, so, first off, I was not a big fan of the art in this book. Like, a lot of people um, actually saw a post about it that uh, somebody was praising the art. I didn't really enjoy it. Um. To me, it looks kind of like a sketch that kind of made it into a book that maybe shouldn't have been a sketch, but it was still a really enjoyable story overall, and this is the one that I think, for me, tied best into Rebirth in general. It was Detective Comics 934. Oh. Way. You guys can all sleep easy now having that knowledge. Uh, you're welcome.
1: Um, Yeah, so the Flash Rebirth has already been Rebirth, and so... I. Uh, to your point, I was kind of like going into this going, well, what are they going to do to rebirth the Flash? Because the original Flash rebirth um, was all about bringing Barry Allen back into the into the main continuity. Yeah. Because um, he hadn't been there since 1985 when he died in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, spoiler for like a 20-year-old comic. Yeah. Um. So to me, it was interesting that they would do another rebirth. And I hadn't thought about what they were going to do with it. And... Um, in DC rebirth number one by Jeff Johns we got the reintroduction of Wally West and Barry kind of remembered who he was and pulled him back into reality and I was expecting that to pick up in Titan's rebirth number one next week. Uh, but we got a lot of that actually in flash rebirth is it kind of um was a little bit of an expository on that whole scene so we got a little bit more of that than we did in in rebirth number one. Yeah. Uh this is actually probably my favorite rebirth title so far just because
0: it tied so well into the original rebirth title. So I love Barry Allen. Yeah, I mean and
1: Wally West for sure. Like Wally West has always been my he's my Flash. We talked about this last week, like Yeah.
0: Um and that's the thing I liked about this book is that it managed to make both of them equally valid. Like uh I don't know. Th- this this book I thought was I was kind of happily surprised by the fact that they pulled wally west into the flash continuity again because that's where he should be and it tied best into rebirth so this is probably my favorite rebirth title so far yeah yeah so Overall, Rebirth going so good. Like, we were talking about this before the show. Um, Matt mentioned it in the form of, like, I tried to go to my comic book shop this week and I couldn't buy all the damn Rebirth titles that I wanted, uh, which is a good sign that it's selling well. Um, secondarily, I, you know, um, I you know go back a few shows and you would hear me saying, I don't want another reboot. We've rebooted, like, already a f- like. A ton of times like can't we just tell a regular story but as it turns out like i really enjoy rebirth so
1: as we record this it is 12 30 sunday morning june 12th yeah uh rebirth came out on wednesday as far as the this week's titles did i went to my comic book shop and could not get the flash i was gonna buy two issues i was gonna buy one for me and one for eddie um because like i'm a stand-up guy and i was like oh like my whole thing was I was, <laughs> I was like i was gonna hand him like a perfectly he, he really is you don't need him to bagged about. and boarded like flash rebirth number one is so gonna be like here you go buddy and i couldn't like they didn't have any at all um and comic book shops didn't buy into rebirth because new 52 did not sell nearly as well as everybody thought they would even like with DC's whole stance, like they they kind of did this like drawing the line at two ninety nine thing, and they were gonna keep all the titles at three bucks, but it didn't really sell. Um, and then Rebirth is the, again the same thing, like they're 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 targeting a, a three dollar price point for their their main titles and whatnot. Um, but the stories are so much better written. Like it's it's going back to what we wanted in comic books. It's going back to something that we're used to um for certain characters and keeping from the New Fifty Two the things that that were good that worked with those characters. So I
0: think that's the key. Like we got the best of both worlds. Like the New Fifty Two did something that was some that was interesting for sure. Um and introduced some new ideas uh that we weren't sure were great altogether and threw out some ideas that we didn't really uh, want thrown out and rebirth sort of incorporates them all back together pretty well. So
1: one of the standout titles was Batman by, by Scott Snyder and illustrated by Greg Capullo, And like, they're not getting rid of that Batman. They're just, again, expanding on what that Batman is and what it could be, especially with the Bat team that we just talked about from Detective yeah, Comics. Yeah, definitely. And, so, that,
0: and that's the other thing. Like, as I read Rebirth, it feels like a natural extension of New 52, which I really, really enjoy. So.
1: Some of them do. I mean, some of them, like the Green Arrow issue was completely not a, an extension of. It was yeah. like a rewriting of with no explanation whatsoever, but it wasn't a bad rewriting and it wasn't... like It, it was a welcome change to a character that is amazing if it's handled right but hasn't been handled right for the last several years. Yeah, for sure. So Yeah. Um, um that's I think that's all we got for no, this week. We
0: don't. No. I don't we didn't talk that. about Civil War at all. <laughs> oh we Civil didn't, War
1: two. But I didn't read Civil War. But II you one. read Zero and number one and I okay, had not as of last week.
0: You're right. Let's talk about Civil War Two <laughs>
1: Uh, You're not getting out of this motherfucker. I'm a
0: slave to the show notes, and that's not in here. So it's whatever. It's not. It's not. But okay. I, tell me about Civil War Two.
1: Um, I I don't know about Civil War Two yet. Um, I read Zero Number One, and I also read the uh, the Bugle One. Nope, I didn't read the Bugle One. Well, it has to do. With I read gods, Zero Hercules and whatnot. You haven't read it yet. Nope. Um, essentially, what Civil War Two is going to break down to is um. Captain Captain Marvel versus Tony Stark. Um, Captain Marvel. like So we find out there's an inhuman that has kind of an, an ability to predict events that are going to happen in the future. It's kind of like Minority Report. Yep. A little bit. Um, and then Tom
0: Cruise comes in, saves the day at the end. But there's a moral no. question.
1: And that moral question is, can we punish people for things that they haven't done? is so um,
0: It is minority. Report, it is. Then. It
1: is. Um, and so part of that though is that they just Captain Marvel decides. You know what? Yes, we can. We can do that. <laughs> um, and in, in in keeping with doing that, I'm going to fight Thanos and get Rody killed. Possibly She Hulk. I don't know if I've gotten that far. We have.
0: That was Civil War two zero number one. I've I've only read zero.
1: Number one was out last week, and you
0: alluded to the fact that you knew about this last week, and you didn't I, talk about it. I know nothing. I've read zero. We'll talk You're about wrong. this next week. You were week.
1: completely wrong. Let's talk about <laughs> X-Men.
0: Okay, fine. I have been reading all-new X-Men. Uh, this is uh, one of the most recent X-Men titles um, within the last four or five years. I think it started in 2011. not entirely sure. Written by uh, Bendis, Brian Michael
1: Bendis. F- 41 issues.
0: Yeah, I'm on issues Civil War like two that Eddie apparently
1: read last week, but forgot about is also written by Bendis.
0: I I did not read it that issue. I don't know where we're getting this from. But Go anyway, back and listen to the last week's show, folks. So first off, step one. I really enjoy Bendis. Uh, I don't know why it is, but uh, Bendis has written a lot of things that are like. Ultimate Spider-Man the human element very well. He does. I think that's the thing that I really like. He he wrote he wrote Ultimate Spider-Man. He wrote uh, a lot of the Miles Morales run, and I think he's the chief writer on um, Spider-Man proper right now, as in Miles Morales as Spider-Man, which we've been talking about on the show as well and whatnot. So theoretically, um, there's a lot of other things that I would like by Bendis, and I just haven't read them yet. Um, right now I am in to issue something like 15 on all new X-Men and volume one. Yeah. This is where we get into, um, the battle of the atom, which is a huge crossover, which spans, uh, four or five different titles and goes about 10 or 12 issues.
1: So for those of you following along at home that may not have read all the comic books and maybe not be familiar with the current state of the X-Men, um, um, spoilers, following the events of X-Men versus Avengers, Cyclops actually kills Professor X. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. And he becomes kind of the pariah of mutants in the eyes of the world. For sure. And so the premise behind all new X-Men is Beast, not knowing what else to do, decides he's going to bring the original five X-Men students from Professor X... Forward in time to the future so that they can see how fucked up things get. Um, presumably to send them back so they can maybe make things not so fucked up in the future. Only once they get there, they see how fucked up things are. Some of them decide that they want one thing, while some of them decide they want to do something different. Um, and then ultimately, what it comes down to is he can't send them back. Like something's wrong with whatever the time devices and he was like well it won't send you back for whatever reason so now you're stuck here. Yeah. Um well they they decide to stay for the most part. They do too. decide to stay for the most part. Um the positives that we get from this is we get Jean Grey back cuz she's been dead for a couple of years now, a yep. few years. Um we have two cyclopses for a while. Uh, there's the cyclops that everybody kind of reviles because he killed Professor X and he's kind of a fuck up. Um, and then there's the young idealistic Cyclops that we get the, you know, probably the one that I think, especially in nineties, cartoon fans are familiar with. And what's a cool departure from the continuity that we're familiar with is like Jean Grey after seeing what happens with everything else and being exposed to what her powers really entail and, and kind of picking up on some things faster than she should have in normal continuity is like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be with Scott. Yeah. And so we kind of are like, we already kind of take a departure from that. Uh, Eddie doesn't know this, but he's probably going to have to read the 12 issue Cyclops series as well. <laughs> We're getting there. So, okay.
0: Um, we can't talk too much about this because Matt's going to spoil a shit out of this for me. But the basic story, uh, I love it so far. Um, I haven't really had a whole lot of exposure to X Men comics in general. Um, I have you know, I, I basically understand X-Men in general. Like I've certainly watched the 90s cartoon. I've watched all the movies. I've, I've read a few comics, you know, years and years ago that I barely remember. Uh, but the short of it is I really like this book. Like, um, the art in it so far is fantastic. Uh, I, I really enjoy the art in this book. Um, the human element, like you were talking about with Bendis, just in general, is very, very good. Like, it manages to tell a compelling story um, forgetting all the mutant superpower BS. Yeah, so. to
1: him, the superpowers that, they, that the mutants have are secondary, and the lives they lead as human beings are primary. And so he tells a story from a normal person's point of view. It just happens to be that these people have superhuman abilities. And I think that's the best way to tell a, a story like that. Um, yeah, for kind sure. of like uh, the Russo brothers direct Marvel movies. Like they they direct good action movies or good spy movies or good just good movies in general. And it just so happens that the people in these movies have these spectacular abilities. Yeah, it's it's not the story isn't driven around the the abilities. It's driven around a good story, and that's what Bendis does very well in in terms of comic books.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Like that's one of my fa- favorite things about reading um anything written
1: by Bendis. Um He that's does Brian just, Michael Bendis by the way for yeah. people who might want to actually look up the author. Yeah. Um
0: He he just does. He tells a good story uh and then the, the superpower BS is kind of secondary to that, which I enjoy. You know, some people may not because some people may want just, you know, straight up hit him, flash him, etc. And uh, so on. But I, I really like the way he tells stories. And so far, I'm really enjoying all star, to, er,
1: all new X-Men. Excuse to put me. it into perspective, like I loaned Eddie these comics and on like Tuesday. Yeah. And, it, and it being like early Sunday morning, late Saturday night. Like he's, he's like 15, 16 issues in.
0: Yeah, probably more because there's crossovers and stuff. So whatever.
1: Yeah, like he's it, this book is not only. I don't want to say it's an easy read because that's kind of insulting to the writers, but it's compelling to read. Like it's you want you want to to keep going in yeah, the story. That's entirely fair because that's the thing. Like
0: I don't really like jumping into, um, you know, like. I am a sucker for origin stories. Like I like jumping into the origin story part of it, and so that's one of the things that was semi-compelling to me about New Fifty Two. It just turns out they didn't tell the stories as well as I hoped they could have. Um, Rebirth does this incredibly well, um, but you know I really enjoy All New because um, they do it even better in, in a lot of respects. Uh, I don't know if that's fair. Um, Rebirth does an amazing job jumping back into new stories and so on and setting up a new series uh all new i think does you know probably about as as good a job um i really like rebirth or uh sorry excuse me all new um because of the way that they managed to set up and tell new stories
1: yeah um x-men books are hard to to really jump into in fact eddie asked me i think three months ago, I think. Yeah, it's hey, been a while. if I'm going to read X-Men, where do I start? And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? there's like a million places. There, there's a bunch of different places. Um, And I think ultimately what he decided on, I think was giant size, right? Like number yeah. one, which was the post Stan Lee and giant size was written. And then Chris, Chris Claremont took over the uncanny title and, and, and wrote that for a while. So it had Wolverine and, Uh, nightcrawler and storm and whatnot and those characters obviously are not original x-men but um i think if you're if you're looking into good x-men storytelling that's a good place to start but all new is also kind of a great place to start because i mean you're dealing with the same cast from x-men number one but in a modern era
0: yeah basically
1: and uh, not to mention, again, in terms of Bendis' storytelling, it's it's he tells it from a human perspective, and so it's it's really nice to be able to read that. Uh, and it's characters that you're you're semi familiar with, and it it just keeps going. Like I think this run ran for forty one issues, and there's a couple annuals and some specials and things like that. Um, and I I just finished all new X Men number ten from uh, the second volume that that started less than a year ago, but it's still a continuation of the same story. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, read it. This I don't destroyed. hate comic books, but I mean, it takes a lot for me to read like 50 issues of one comic book. Yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean, so yeah, do that, read it, get it. If you can, I, I think there's some collected in, in some trades and stuff like that too. So if you don't have access to it digitally, um, Marvel Unlimited is probably awesome in terms of the fact that you can get access to a lot of digital comic books, uh, from around that time period and, and before for a nominal fee every month. Yeah. I, I you had a, uh, a subject, I did, right, for you a know,
0: funny enough, I didn't read unlimited under this, like, you know, whatever, or, uh, uh, sorry, I didn't read all new. Um, during my unlimited trial but there were so many books that i caught up a lot on like that's where i read primarily um, ultimate spider-man ultimate uh, um, daredevil i read a lot of daredevil during that period so anyway it's 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 definitely value like you can definitely you know enjoy yourself you know signing up for unlimited so check it out anyway that is the show for this week we've got uh so much stuff for you coming next week but right now, if you want to help the show, you can go on to iTunes, you can give us a rating, you can like our show, you can leave your comments and feedbacks. Follow you us can, on Twitter, yeah,
1: at Show.
0: Yeah. Go on Facebook, like us, facebook.com slash whateveryshow. Um, send us some email, questions at co. And, uh, yeah, th- those are the basic ways you can contact us. We're both on Twitter, at Charles E. Smith. Um
1: overall we're fans of rebirth uh if you have an opinion about that that's contrary which some people do uh blast us about it we don't give a shit like tell us yeah for sure we'll make fun of you next time we do a show
0: yeah it's fun it's fun all right that's the show for this week folks thank you very much and we will see you next week